think back of those times often, and, and I cherish those memories. The last one I did was down at Otis Forrest's place in 1995 in Hendersonville. Now, I can remember stuff like that, but other things I can't. But we appreciate the opportunity we have again to, to be here today. We appreciate uh, this church and what it stands for. Uh, my name's Randy Swaffer. I'm a licensed minister at Church of Lafayette. I took my internship under Don Curtis, Rodney Carter, and Stanley Cook. That's a joke. They've all been... You'd had to know Brother Stanley Cook in Lafayette. He was very, very outspoken. And uh, I miss him. He's been gone. But uh, I've learned a lot from uh, a lot of my brethren. Brother Carter, we talked to him two or three times a week, and uh, he told me uh, the other night on the phone that I had the right to be wrong about something, so, okay. Daniel 2, verse 44. Daniel 2, 44. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. This is in relation earlier to a, a dream that was interpreted uh, by, Dam, by, by Daniel. And he's talking here what I believe is about the Lord's church. The days of this to be established was during the time of the Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire. And uh, he said it would not be destroyed and that it would not be left to other people. And I believe from what I've read and what I've studied in history, Fairview Memorial is one of those churches that is scattered over this land and country. We find the scripture says in Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus doing the speaking, where he says, And I say unto thee that thou, excuse me, art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He simply says, your name is Peter, and that the rock he's building his church on is him himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time Brother Cole or any other proper administrator that's here is authorized to baptize someone into the fellowship of this church, this church continues to be built. And, and the church is to build upon itself. We're talking about baptizing people that have repented and believed and are saved, aren't we? That's the kind of people uh, that are baptized into the local body. But this church, this organization, has perpetuated itself all the way down through time to the present time. We find that Jesus, in Matthew chapter 3, went to a man who at that time was the only one that had the authority to baptize, that is, John the Baptist. We find that John, and I'm paraphrasing this, John uh, really didn't want to do this, and, and he told G, and Jesus told him, suffer it now to be done, so to speak. So we find that John baptized him. John was also responsible for baptizing those people that the Lord Jesus took and organized his church out of. And we, we believe uh, uh, that today, as I've said, has been perpetuated all down through the, the times. And we're looking today, and I go a lot of different places from week to week, where a lot of people are suffering today. Uh, because of various circumstances among our churches where that uh, they don't have the attendance you have today. They're down to three, four, five, 
and that's dangerous for those churches that if they are to stay in existence. And, and as has been stated, I talked to someone this week, it's a continuing cycle of where people are saved and people are baptized and join the Lord's church and it takes people to do that. And young people grow up in the church and one of the things that I see suffering today is people don't know many of the fundamental things that I've been taught all my life. There, we have 18 articles of faith, and, and I talk to people occasionally that don't know that we have 18 articles of faith that go back to the year 1852. There's another group of them, I think 1822 perhaps, uh, that, are, that are more Calvinistic in nature. But we find we believe certain things and I believe this church and others like it are a lineage of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find we believe in the fall of man, don't we? We believe that man was created in a holy estate. We find that he fell from that holy estate. He did not fall from grace, as some say he did. But he fell from that holy estate God had placed him in. And we find that it took a plan of redemption that I believe was put together before the world was ever created that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit met in council and would determine at that council meeting that the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, would come give his life on the cross of Calvary and die for the sins of all mankind. I do believe that was predetermined before the world was ever created and a plan was put in place. But we find that Jesus uh, organized this institution we're calling the Lord's Church today and you can look in history in different publications, especially one, The Trail of Blood, and all the way down through time. It has not always wore the name Missionary Baptist. It's wore different names. The church where my wife and I are a member in 1849 was organized, the Lafayette United Baptist Church of Christ. We find that in 1893, according to the minutes, without the consent of the body, the clerk started writing Lafayette Missionary Baptist Church. But the doctrines and principles that I think are so important today, we need to hold to and to carry on and to hold up until the Lord Jesus comes back. I think what we believe is important. I have people tell me it doesn't matter. As long as you're sincere, then God will see that and you'll go to heaven when this life is over. That is a lie right from the depths of hell. Because we believe, don't we, that salvation is totally and wholly by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto or in reference to good works, that he has before ordained that we should walk in them. So we believe salvation. I believe it's totally and wholly by grace. I had somebody try to tell me one time, and I won't go all into that, and he took total depravity to the next level and said man was so depraved that, that he had to be regenerated before he could repent and believe. And I thought, that, that's hogwash what that is. We believe that repentance and faith is what regeneration is, don't we? Titus 3 and 5 tells us not, uh, by the washing of regeneration. That's how we get born again. We believe in a lot of different things, and I won't cover all of it today, but we believe in a resurrection, don't we, of the just and unjust. We believe at the, at the end of time that we're all going to stand before God at the judgment and give an account for the deeds we've done in the body. We believe that there will be the end of time, uh, that, the, the, that the saved and the lost will both be brought forth, so to speak, at the end of time. 
we're all going to be judged. That's why I think it's important that while we live on the face of the earth, that we do good deeds and try to do the very, very best that we can. But uh, we believe in the security of the believers, the Lord's church, don't we? We believe once saved, always saved. I'm glad to defend that doctrine because I believe it's very, very important. And I believe that when a person has truly been born again at that point, they are determined at that point to go to heaven when this life is over. Now, I believe we ought to live and do the very, very best that we can, but we're not depending upon how good or how sorry we are to get to heaven. I'm depending upon the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ to get me to heaven when this life is over, and you are too. That's what will get me there. It amuses me sometimes in, in talking uh, to people, and uh, people will tell me sometimes that we won't know for sure until we get there. Boy, I'd hate to be depending upon that while I live. And I made the, the, the comment, and this comment was, does the uh, judgment of the resurrection take place first? What do you mean by that statement? The Bible teaches us as a tree falls, so shall it lie. So ever how you die in this life, if you're prepared to meet God, you'll come forth in the resurrection with a body just like Jesus Christ, and you'll stand before God. Now think about the message I've got to take that Don Curtis preached years ago, faultless before the throne of his glory. Now I'm not faultless right now. The soul inside of me is clean and white, made anew by an operation of God's Holy Spirit, but this flesh and blood is not perfect. But one day after a while, when the resurrection takes place, I'll have a new body just like Jesus had. Romans 8, I think, tells us that we will be conformed to the image of his body. We'll have a body just like Jesus, and upon that occasion, I'll stand before him perfect, faultless, before the throne of his glory. Boy, that's something to think about. But, but back to what I said a moment ago, and people say, what's, what's that got to do with anything? It's not going to determine at the judgment. They're not going to have a scale, a weight scale there for, that will weigh your good works against your work, uh, your works, and, and, and God tell you, you can come in, you live good enough. It don't work that way. We're not getting there by how good we are, but because he is good and because of the plan of redemption that's available to the entire human family. We believe, it, we believe that, the, that, that the loss will also be brought from uh, that place called hell, they will be judged. And someone asked me one day the purpose of this judgment. I said, in my opinion, it's for the honor and for the glory of God. But I, it's, it's, it's something nice to think about sometimes, to think that we're gathering treasures in heaven, the Bible says, and we ought to want to do that and have treasures in heaven. But all down through time, this institution called the Lord's Church has, has carried on itself, and it's carried on itself by because this is sure as I'm alive today, we're all going to die, aren't we? The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, for it's a point unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So we're all going to die, no matter who we are. So it takes during the process of life, young people, uh, babies and people being born, and then getting to an age of responsibility where they are saved, and then being baptized into the local body, and becoming good members of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're all going to die one day and leave this world. So I'm glad that he set up an institution while he is that, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is the head of. He is the head. I, I love your pastor and the people that have uh, pastored this church. 
But the pastor is not the head of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. I love these men that I know that are deacons. And the, the ones that I'm uh, connected here with, I think they're good men and, and will, uh, will, will do the, make the best judgments they are, and I love them, but they are not the head of the church. The Lord's the head of the church. He has all power. He has all authority. I think every day I live about that great commission in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20 when he called the 11 disciples to that, that mountain. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I've got a recording at home, of, and I won't tell you who it is, where they said that the church had more authority than the Lord. That's not what the Bible teaches, does it? Does the church have equal authority with the Lord? It has the authority or power the Lord has given it by the commission. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What's that mean? You get them saved. How do you get them saved? By the preaching of the gospel. The Holy Spirit of God takes that word, pricks that heart. And I do believe people must make a choice whether they're going to turn to God for salvation or they're going to turn him away. The next part of that commission is baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The third part is teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. I think we could have done a better job in my lifetime of teaching our people beyond what we have of their responsibilities and the duties and the things left for us to tell that he wants done. But this institution has that commission it's working under. What we find there, and I was reading some scripture this morning, and I think the Jews thought, uh, the Jews thought I'm going to read this, and in Acts chapter 1 verse 6, or the disciples perhaps thought this, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, talking about the Lord, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Those people were looking for an earthly kingdom to come to relieve them of the Romans' rule on them and to get rid of that. Jesus said, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time to the seasons which the Father has put his own power. I'm glad he set up this institution, aren't you? We've all got a home here today to go to. I don't know where you may live or, 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 or apartment or a house or a double wide or wherever you may live, but we've always we've got a home to go to. But the, the saved need a home, don't they? I don't think it's, it's, it's in the will of God for saved people to never become a member of the Lord's church. I believe that the first thing a person ought to do after they get born again is to become a member of the Lord's church. I, I believe in the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, but brothers and sisters, there's a commandment there that's just as important to follow him in baptism, isn't it? We believe that the Lord has put in the church two ordinances. Those ordinances are baptism and the Lord's Supper. We're to observe them until he comes back, aren't we? We believe that baptism is very important to make manifest to the world that a person is a child of God. And I would admonish you today, if you've been born again and you've never been baptized, it's something you ought to do as soon as possible. I believe, and you may not agree, that people that fail to follow the Lord in baptism are disobedient children of God. 
and I've known people you have that done that. Baptism got to be done a certain way. I was told we're too stickler, stickly about that. Well, I don't think so. I think we just try to do it like the Bible says. We believe in a person that has been born again, don't we? Somebody comes forward here, and you'll ask them for a testimony. It ought to be a joy anywhere to share our testimony of salvation. Upon relating that testimony, this church would authorize their baptism. And we find that then when they're took a, 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 here, I believe the baptistry right here, or anywhere else there's enough water, that when it's done the right way, they are baptized into the local body. Proper candidate, proper mode, we believe immersion is the only mode to use. We believe in the proper uh, administrator, one that has come under the hands. There's some here I know of today of the presbytery and have been ordained to the full work of the ministry. Uh, we, we've got the mode. Uh, we've got the authority. Fairview Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is a proper authority. And I believe in the autonomy of the local church, too. I believe that we ought to work together, and I noticed tonight you've got a Thanksgiving service, I think, over at Fairview at Woodward. Any way we can participate, mission work, whatever it may be, I think these things are good. We ought to do it. But I also believe that the, that the local church is the highest authority that we have and that we ought to cherish that. So Jesus said that he would be with this church till he, till, till he comes back, didn't he? I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. But he's left the comforter here, and he's gave us this right here to lead and guide us. You can never accomplish what you need to for the Lord without knowing something about this book and knowing about God's Word. I believe in God's Holy Spirit. It spoke to my heart, and I'm sure it spoke to yours different times, but we need to know what the Word of God says. So this church, this organization, and it comes from a Greek word, Ecclesia, which means uh, basically, and I'm trying to summarize this, that it's an assembly of baptized believers that have coveted themselves. I think about the church covenant when I think about that. That have coveted themselves together for the purpose of honoring and worshiping God. And that's what happened here. Uh, this history is on this bulletin about the history of Fairview Memorial where the people came together and then this church was organized on November 2nd uh, uh, 1924. And I believe, I'll tell you, I believe that if you continue to stand for the principles that I've barely talked about this morning and stand with this, that this church will be here when the Lord Jesus comes back. The problems are not external. I mean, we've got problems that are external that we deal with today, but internally is where Satan can get a hold and a church, unfortunately, can be destroyed sometimes. So that doesn't need to happen. Upon this rock, man told me if Peter, he said, do you think Peter was the rock? I said, I most certainly do not believe Peter was the rock. I believe the Lord Jesus is the rock, and he's the foundation this organization is built upon. So uh, today, we need to go forth. We're in this Thanksgiving season. One of the things you need to be thankful for is the Lord's church. And that you've got a place to worship. And it ought to be honored. It ought to be cherished. And it ought to be attended at every convenience that we have that it is to be attended. I hope I've said something today beneficial to somebody. But now, I really believe in this institution. I really do. I, and I believe two, two institutions of divine origin. What are they? The Lord's church and the home. 
That's, that's two institutions of divine origin. Somebody told me, somebody asked me one time, do you believe the church has had the same name all down through history? I said, I do not. And if you do, you haven't read any history because it just hadn't. But I, I preach, but the doctrines and principles are very, very important. I appreciate this opportunity to be here today. And I appreciate this church and what you stand for. And what you've stood for will continue to stand for. It's very important what we believe and what we tell people. It really is. I'm through. Has anybody got anything you'd like to say? I'm, I'm through. Anybody at all? Yeah, I'll do that. It's harvest time Again there is plenty So long God has blessed our land Hunger has ne'er touched our family Thank you for your bountiful hand. We've been so blessed, so blessed, blessed by his bountiful hand. We've been so blessed, so by his bountiful hand he sends the rain and he sends the sunshine and he does it again and again Lord I just want to say thank you Thank you for your bountiful hand. We've been so blessed, so blessed, blessed by his bountiful hand. We've been so blessed, so by his bountiful hand. And most certainly we have been all blessed by God's hand. Anybody else, anything you'd like to say before we're dismissed?
Let's pray for him and her. I'm hearing about this COVID once or twice a week somewhere now, unfortunately. Anybody else, anything you'd like to say?